What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers. On the podcast today, we have our second part of the NFL draft preview. We are talking the offensive side of the ball. Last podcast, we had defense. This time, we're going offense. The Lions always need to score more points, baby. The NFL draft is here this week, though. We are extremely pumped. Um, We're glad to have you along with the ride with us. We cannot wait for Thursday. But in the meantime, take this pod, go over some of the names we talk about, maybe look them up, research them a little bit more. Um, we, we try to touch on as many as possible round by round. We hope you enjoy it. Now it's time for the pod. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast made by lifelong Lions fans, UJ. I've been really drinking a lot of Kool-Aid tonight. Special brand of Kool-Aid called Weller. Bob. It's hard to find the losses here. Stafford, <laughs> regular season MVP. Rudd Dog. We're going to just be that team that yeah. just can flow like water and adapt to any team. The new dynasty is born. And Connor. Got to be Stafford. Now with the two tight end sets that I'm so excited about, I see it all clicking. And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. Forward down the field. One pride. Get your Kool-Aid. It's time for the pod. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back. It is part two of our preview for the NFL draft coming up this Thursday, April 23rd. We are pumped to try to bring you some uh, notable players, this time on the offensive side of the ball. And joining me as always, Rod Dog, Yo. UJ, Connor, and Bob. Hey, everybody. What Hello there. All right, guys, so it's officially draft week. Woo! Finally. Uh, we've been talking about it for months and months. Actually, I mean, since the, like, what, halfway through the season? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, when we knew the Lions were not headed towards a playoff. Let's just uh, say too long. I think too long is the ap- ap- appropriate description. <laughs> I mean, we got bitter arguments about the end of the season and draft position. So, I mean, really, it's been... Uh, it's been a long way coming all the way to this Thursday in this uh, coronavirus world that we live in currently. Uh, so th- what we're going to do on this podcast, uh, last podcast we talked about defensive players, and we're going to do that, but this time on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and we're going to go round by round, say who the lines might target in each of those rounds, and uh, then that that's where we'll go with it. So 
I guess we'll just uh, start off here with round one. And I'm just going to go off here. So if the Lions are taking an offensive player, it's most likely in a, in a trade-back scenario. Would would everybody yes. uh, tend to agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Because at number, yeah. number three, there's no offensive player that they're taking, unless you're in the camp that the Lions are taking to a – Oh God! Um, no, that would be the only scenario no, where they take an yeah. offensive player. But yeah, I don't yeah, see that happening. Um, there are some believers out there uh, that that think uh, the Lions might be taken too. But it doesn't make sense to me, just in terms of like the fact that they paid Chase Daniels thirteen million dollars, three years, thirteen million dollars. So basically, you have a number three draft pick, a thirteen million dollar backup, and Stafford a twenty. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. So. I mean, besides even that, like, uh, I mean, if they really felt they would replace Stafford, I think they would take Tua, but I don't. I just don't see it happening. I see them taking a quarterback later in the draft, personally, but not at one. Not at three, I should say. So let's just say that the Lions have traded back and they get – let's say they trade back with the Jaguars at number nine. They get the number nine and number 20 pick in the first round. What are um, some possible targets? And I'll start this off. Um, for me personally, uh, a wide receiver like Henry Ruggs, the third at number 20, if the Lions were to get that Jaguars number 20th overall, that would be the guy I'm targeting. Four, four, uh, mid 4 2 speed. The guy is this is who oh, yeah. we're looking for is a downfield threat, <laughs> that missing piece. Yeah. I'm going to build off that because actually my favorite first round receiver is Jerry Judy. Uh, Why is he your favorite? Oh, because I think he's a uh, a little bit better all around receiver than uh, than the likes of Rugs with, with a very similar speed. He could be a total game changer. Ran four two nine, only point zero two seconds slower than Rugs. Uh, I mean, at nine, I think he comes and starts coming into play depending on how the defensive players go. Yeah, that's where it'd have to be at route nine. Top ten, probably. What about C.D. Lamb? A lot of people have him picked above Jerry Judy in this draft, and a lot of mocks. It's Oklahoma. like between those two. Yeah, out of Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I like him, but I, I just like uh, Rugs. I mean, Rugs, uh, Judy's speed. I'm looking for that game breaker, and that's where Lamb will not be. We have tall guy. We have our Galladay. We have Marvin Jones. I, I like to see that guy who can just stretch the field. And or just yeah, know, that's, crossing around. Those guys are all a lot of good yeah. prospects there, but I I'm with uh, Big Z. I think uh, Rugs would be the biggest uh, game changer that would be out there too. You see, uh, explosive speed. Uh, I mean, they got real similar Wait, on, speed. What, what, what's that, Connor? I was gonna say with CD Lamb, you'd see some of those like heroic like Galladay type Stafford catches like off the back foot like one-handed catches sort of thing mm. that you know he, he might be the most entertaining receiver that you would pick in the first round but I agree uh with you guys probably not the one you would target per se top 10 pick and I like Lamb at third at 20 if, if that were to play out then that's exactly what I'm looking for his speed so I I like that I, I just Judy would you have to do around top 10 probably yeah, I I feel like Rudd Dog. You're a little uh, you're you're a little down on CD Lamb because he had some drops in the uh, the game against LSU. I mean, it wasn't impressive, <laughs> but no, no, I I like Lamb. I just don't think that's what I'm looking for. I feel like he doesn't bring 
a, a whole different skill set from what we already have. And we what we haven't had in a long time is a guy who can just take the top off a of defense. And that's why I like Lamb and Rug or Judy and Rugs because they got that top notch speed. Like who what Tyreek Hill? Is that the dude who's the super fast receiver for On the Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah. The, look at what yeah. that guy does for a game plan. I mean, he's keeps them in every single game. You never can count them out because he can take the top off a of defense. And, and there's been rumors out there that if Ruggs is still available in the 20s, the Chiefs are going to trade up for that guy. Tyreek Hill and Ruggs. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Can you imagine? You have to keep two deep safeties all the time. Yeah. But, no, I. that's why I like a guy like Judy or Ruggs. That, that 4-2 speed is just it's game-changing, especially if they're a decent receiver on top of it. Did anybody have a, a player outside of the wide receiver position here for the Lions to possibly target in the first round if they do indeed trade back to that mid-tier? Uh, Tristan Wirfs, the offensive guard. Yeah. Myla. Definitely. Uh, a tackle. He, would, he plays tackle. He, or tackle, I'm sorry. A lot yeah. of people uh, have him projected as a guard. He he could go there. Uh, his value in the top ten probably wouldn't be as strong uh, if if he is projected to play guard for your team, though. No. That's the only thing. The one thing I've noticed I, about I, him is he, he really shot up from the combine. It wasn't his necessarily his gameplay during the season that – put him where a lot of people are projecting him now a lot of people had like a couple tackles ahead of him mm -hmm. no that, that that's not a bad one at all uj yeah Trist, tristan wharfs uh you know on tape they said he he doesn't like to finish some run blocks uh and, he, and he's a little on the lighter side so which probably what maybe why he projects to be a guard uh, in yeah. some cases uh for people but uh, if you're looking for a pass protector, Josh Jones is definitely up there. Uh, he, he's been noted a lot. Jedrick Willis as well, just in terms of uh, um, what what's it called when you're – oh, versatility. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew Thomas, Makai – my personal favorite, if the Lions could get any offensive tackle in this draft, is Makai Benton. Yeah, I like him too. I, I think I mentioned him in the podcast here before. The guy is just a freak yeah. athletically. Massive. Um, he, he did fail a test, and like it's his first defense already coming in the NFL. If it was the second one, he's uh, suspended, I believe, for six games. So that that's a little bit of a note, but there's no history of him having any trouble in the past. Uh, he's talked to every team in the uh, in the NFL about it, and there seems to be no worries, at least on the outside. I, I don't know what they're saying internally. What's his saying. size again, Z? 6'7", 357. And he yeah, still ran like a 5'40". He's almost too big. Remember the Aaron Gibson uh, draft back in the day? Uh, we picked him out, I think, out of Wisconsin. I'm not mistaken. He weighed close to 400 pounds. He was like the biggest dude. He was a monster, and he was a total bust. Leonard Pope? Uh, is that was? Is that who? No, that was the, no, that was the guy Pope? we picked up as undrafted eight free agent last year. I think it was right. Yeah, I'm talking about Aaron Gibson. This is years oh, ago. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, oh yeah, before, right, you know, yeah. You're still in diapers, Big Z. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Bob, you probably remember. Yeah, that. he was a big beast, man. That guy. Yeah, in college he was great, and he was huge. He was 400 pounds, but when he got to the pros, he was just awful he, he yeah he was a total bust out so just, he, you know he's almost too big this guy maybe kind of i don't think that guy ran a 5 140 though yeah. at this size this dude's, this dude's <laughs> yeah, supposed to be a pretty good athlete too so 
They could always ask him to drop a few lbs too. If you have you if you seen any of his tape, this guy is he looks really good in his pass sets. He can move really well. He uh, like that Pope guy that we mentioned, like similar size, but that guy would just bend over uh, and get beat right around the edge really easily. That this this was not the same uh, scenario whatsoever. Okay. Um, as far as other first round prospects, what I had written down. Uh, one more receiver I had was Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Nice. That guy is super productive. Highest um, catch percentage on uh, MB- on 50-50 balls in college last year. Uh, contested catches is the, it was what they say. And it really mm-hmm. helped out Joe Burrow in that offense. Definitely uh, their leading receiver besides uh, Chase. I think Chase was their other leading receiver. who actually might have a higher ceiling than this guy, but... You know, if the Lions are there in late late first round, definitely a guy, or early second even, a possibility for him. And then uh, there's two running backs I want to talk about. Um, that yes. Actually, there's there's three, uh, but the two there's two I really like, but some people like... So I'll mention the first that I don't like, but a lot of people, at least scouts, seem to think that he has, he's the most NFL-ready in ways, uh, the way, at least in the offense he was in. DeAndre Swift. Um I, I don't see people drafting him in the first round, personally. I have him as a second-round grade, but there's a lot of first-round grades on him. Am I, am I crazy, or did DeAndre Swift have a bad combine? I, maybe I'm taking this in I don't think else. he did much. Uh, I'm looking it up yeah, right re- now. Give me a moment. I really like Jonathan Taylor, personally, if we're going late round running back. DeAndre Swift ran a 448 uh, and at a 36 and a half inch vertical jump, so not bad. That's respectable. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, be taking someone off. Yeah. I'm with you, Connor. If we're going early round running back, it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. I think. He, to me, he's my. But he's he's a horse, man. That guy. That guy. Was, he's he'll be great. That's he'll my be a bell cow. I would agree with that too, UJ. I have Jonathan Taylor uh, going in the first round as the only running back being taken, just because he put up such a such a stellar combine. I mean, the the guy put up just ridiculous numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the only knock on him is uh, hanging onto the ball. You know, he he does fumble a bit, but uh, he's awesome. I would love to have him. He had 320 attempts for 2,003 yards, averaging 6.3 a carry. Yeah, a four three nine. We were saying late first round for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, late first round. I was maybe early second round if he falls. But. If he falls, the Lions should grab him at 37, which is where they they draft. Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, if he's there at 37, they're absolutely going to take him. Out, I think. 35, 35, I mean, sorry. Or 35. Third yeah. pick in the second round. Yep, 32 plus 3, 35. Um, the other possible first round, and maybe this will you know transition us to the second round targets as well, um, is J.K. Dobbins. This is a guy that at least I loved watching at Ohio State. The only knock on him maybe is he doesn't have that breakaway speed uh, um, that maybe some of these, like a Jonathan Taylor might have. But, I mean, the guy has ex- like really good balance, can read a hole really well, oh, yeah. and also can catch out of the backfield really well. Jonathan Taylor, not much experience at Wisconsin, so it's hard to say how good his hands are coming out of the backfield. But J.K. Dobbins, we saw it time and time again at Ohio State, his, his overall... Uh, versatility to he, fit in a, an he, offense. He's a complete yeah, bag. I agree with you on that, Z. And we're, you know, losing McKissick, you know, it'd be good to have somebody like that that could uh, have the versatility. Oh, for sure. one, 
Yeah, one addition to that, too, he's actually a very good blocker, too, uh, Dobbins was. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you know how we, we need running backs who can block. <laughs> he's oh, yeah, he's a workhorse, yeah. too. He was he had played a lot of downs last season, so he could definitely be a reliable. Some, if um, if Garyon gets hurt, you know, someone that could come in and take a lot of snaps. Yeah, this is when just... Garyon gets hurt. <laughs> I think Carryon's injury history is definitely a big reason why we were even targeting running back in this draft. So some things about J.K. Yeah. Dobbins. Uh, so uh, his, uh, freshman year, 194 carries. Junior year, uh, or I'm sorry, sophomore year, 231. Last year, 301 in 2,000 yards. 21 total touchdowns last year. Um Targeted 28 times out of backfield. The other stat about him is he had he forced 73 missed tackles on the ground, which was top 10 in the country like last that. year as well in college. So that kind of answers the question of like, since he played for such a good team like Ohio State, did like he get production based on their quality? He was making dudes miss, then that's on him. Yeah, I'm. I, he did not run a 40 or participate really at the combine except for the bench press. He was waiting for his pro day, like a lot of these guys. Uh, never got it. So it it'll be interesting to see what teams think of him because he he doesn't have that elite speed uh, like maybe a couple of these other running backs have, but he has good balance. Uh, I have to uh, unfortunately do a correction on myself. Jerry Judy did not run a four two nine at the combine. I think I got him mixed up with Rugs because they both went to Alabama. So yeah, I know Rugs on, is the faster. One. Shame on me. Rugs is the guy I'd rather have. <laughs> <laughs> shame 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 on you um ring the bell did you guys uh, uj do you want me to bring up uh another running back that would possibly be a second round running back here yeah uh do it you yeah so clyde edwards hilaire i think you're a big fan of this guy i don't know if you want to uh, talk about him for a moment are we in the second round now yes well, the only thing I can say, you went to LSU, and anybody who went to LSU is probably going to be a good addition to our team. Oh, I thought you were a big fan of his, UJ. I heard you talking Not about me. The you must be mixing me up with someone else. All right, so this guy, uh, <laughs> um, 1,400 yards on the ground for LSU. Uh, four, and But the bigger thing was 55 catches out of the backfield for them last year for 450 yards. 85 grade on PFF. Uh, just Just a killer year. He wasn't even. He was thought to be maybe like a late round draft pick coming into the year, kind of like Joe Joe Burrow actually, in terms of a guy that wasn't on the radar really for the NFL. Then just burst up the seam uh, like a lot of that team really, and now to be a possible second or uh, early third round draft pick. Some people have him ahead of Dobbins. No, he, he sounds like a, he would be a good pick. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see him on our team, but. Uh... Not in the second, though. If he falls in third, I, I could definitely see it. Yeah, 30, 35 seems like a little bit of a reach. He's he's five eight two oh seven, so definitely on a smaller side. Uh, but two oh seven is pretty. Uh, that's, that's a lot for a five eight guy. That's not. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, a uh, like what's his? Uh, I think Barry Barry was, was five eight two ten. Yeah, two twelve two ten. So that packs on a little more condensed mass. Yeah, but uh, any. Uh, I'll throw it out there to the rest of the crew here. Any other second-round targets for the Detroit Lions? Otherwise, I have some more on my list, but I want to give you guys uh, a I, chance. Is there, for, I, 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 I'll say, I guess, uh, th if the Lions are going to go offense, I think in the second round what they'll be targeting is more uh, offensive line. 
just because they do have that need of guard and they can get a highly rated guard or interior lineman. So uh, I, I have on my list here as far as guards go, uh, I actually have four possibilities that I listed that I really liked. Uh, Tyler Biads out of Wisconsin. He played center for them. Uh, Jonah Jackson out of Ohio State. Natane Mutai out of Fresno State. And then Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, who we have mentioned before on this podcast. That's yeah. Ruiz guy. Uh, Cesar He's Ru- a good one. Cesar Ruiz is He's probably the highest, high, high, most highly rated of those four that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's just because what I've read about him is that he's very versatile. He can play center or guard, and he's very good in pass protection. Uh, th- he has some work to do in the run game, but as far as his pass protection goes, it's good. And th- I think that's I think he's more highly rated because he is more athletic and can show more versatility. Um, the, the Michigan fans, what do you, what do you guys think of Caesar Ruiz, Bob and Connor? Oh yeah, he's a stud. Um, he's gonna be a solid <laughs> pro for sure. For, for, no, I was gonna say yeah, he, he'll be a solid pro. And like I say, his versatility is something the Lions value, kind of offense and defense. They like versatile guys, so I think he would fit well with their squad. Definitely helped out our below-average quarterback Shea Patterson <laughs> better than I think he actually was. But definitely a good workhorse for Michigan that they'll miss next season. All right, and I'm then, just gonna throw in. I'm just gonna throw one name in there that I would love seeing the Lions pick up, maybe in the fourth round when I get to my mock order. But Logan Stenberg from Kentucky. Everything I see about this guy and we seen some of his video round. and read him, he's a beast. I know we're talking second round, but we're just talking. We're just talking offensive <laughs> linemen. So I threw him in there. <laughs> you know, come on. Right. Well, they call well, that jumping the old. gun. <laughs> Wait, there's. UJ, I think you really like this uh, Natane Mutai guy I brought up. I don't know. I, I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Natane Muti, I mean, out of Fresno State. Yeah, from Fresno State, right? Yeah. 6'3", 315 pound uh, redshirt junior, so pretty much a senior. Uh, I I just really like uh, the. So this is PFF. They come out with major draft guide. Um, this is what they have on him as as far as his pros. I I just love this freight train in the run game. Highlight reel pancake blocks are a weekly occurrence. Nastiness that the O-line coaches dream of. Is it done blocking until defender is on the ground? Monumental upper body strength. Heaves 200-pound men through the air like it's nothing. And not sure hands ever got swatted away once when, when engaged last year. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that's why they uh, give him a big grade. And that, that one really stuck out to me. So I just wanted to well, throw see, that those are the there. Those are the descriptions <laughs> I like of offensive linemen. Nasty streak. That's what I want to see. Does Tristan Wirtz even have that in his uh, description? Nasty streak. I want to see some guy who's freaking nasty and, you know, who has an attitude on the offensive line. I think that's one of the key elements in the personality of the offensive lineman, and uh, that's what I want to see. So that's why I like certain people better, but. For sure. And anyway, I, I think that's what the Lions are looking for, you know, and I was looking for offense. The, the four that I listed were uh, highly rated in the run game, and. Based on the 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 big V signing, it seems like the Lions are really focusing on offensive linemen that have that high upside in the run game and they they'll work on it in the passing game. But the Lions truly believe that at least on the offensive line, um, if you're a good run blocker, it'll help with your pass protection because it'll force those defensive linemen to hesitate even for a second, and that'll help them in the passing game. 
That's right. What, that's that's what it seems to be their offensive philosophy, and they're I think they're digging it, into it even more this year. Um, so I would not be surprised if the Lions go with a guy on uh, draft day here, maybe not in the second round. But yeah, if you guys pick, recall a couple a couple years ago, Stafford was maybe the third best play action passer in the league. Yeah. He had no run game. Exactly. Imagine if he had a run game. Right. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, yeah, crazy. But on draft day, I wouldn't be surprised I, if Mel Kiper, whoever is talking, says this guy road grader in the run game could use a lot of work in the pass game. Do not be surprised by that description by whoever they pick. It would not surprise me <laughs> yeah. in the latest. Well, we already got bench bagel. <laughs> Um, is there any other second round targets you guys had on your list for the Lions? I I mean we kind of glanced over him earlier because he's like a first second rounder, but I really think that Jonathan Taylor is going to fall to the second round, and I could see us taking him. I have one. All right, KJ KJ Hamler. Yep, that's I also had him. KJ Hamler, he's our Tyreek Hill if we get this guy, man. This will give Stafford a, an incredible weapon to go with the other guys that are out there incredible it'll be wow it'll they're gonna light up the scoreboard baby then get this guy so kj hamler the 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 one really bad thing about him is that he led uh, the nation in drops last year he dropped 12 of the 70 possible catchable balls last year thrown to him we don't like that not good which is probably a big, awesome. which is probably a big reason why he has fallen uh to the second round. Also, I mean, his size is 5'9", 178. A lot of comparisons to Tavon Austin, which is maybe not the greatest comparison, unfortunately. But a guy that has elite no. speed, kind of a tinier guy. You can get open, but you got to catch the damn ball. And this is the NFL. And with a guy like Matt Stafford, who also or already forces some guys with good hands to drop it sometimes just because the sheer goddamn golden arm of his... Uh, you know, it's called practicing and getting good coaching and learning. Okay, I mean, he's not going to be the same player he is now. He, he's going to get better, man. I'm telling you, he'll learn how to catch. I mean, second round is good value because that's a guy. You know, if he ever pans out, he could. That's a he. You could play like a top ten pick potentially with that kind of elite speed that he has. Uh, that seems like a risky pick in the second round, though. If you have to teach someone how to catch. In the second yeah, round, that's, that's a pretty fundamental insane. aspect of being a wide receiver. I mean, uh, it, if, he falls to the, if he falls to the third round, I would consider him more. But as a second round pick, that seems that's a pretty glaring hole. If he drop passes, jeez. I mean, twelve. <laughs> I also want to throw. There's like there's a bunch of again. If you haven't heard it before, this is a lot of scouts call this the deepest wide receiver class they've seen. A couple other second round targets: Brandon Ayuk. T. Higgins, LaVisca, Chenault Jr. out of uh, Colorado, Denzel Mims is another name, and Jalen Rager. So those are a lot of names that will definitely be available for the Lions in the second round. I think you uh, could add Chase Claypool to that list, though he could go as late as a third, but yeah. with his athletic profile. Um, the one tight end prospect ahead is a pot. If the Lions go tight end in the second round, We'll probably throw our hands in the air, but if there is one, Cole Komet out we of just uh, don't care. Notre Dame. <laughs> um, that that'll be the only name. But, and then uh, I did have. Oh, I just wanted to mention this guy since uh, Rudd Dog UJ and I all D three former D three football players. There is a second round grade on an offensive tackle in this draft. If you're not aware, Ooh. out of uh, Division three St. John's, his name is Ben Barch. 
Right. D3 represent. Have you heard of this guy? No. I did read something about him, yeah. He only allowed one pressure all last year. <laughs> but it, um unfortunately he's six uh six five or I'm sorry, six six three oh five. He started his college career six five two thirty playing tight end. And then he transitioned to offensive tackle his junior year, worked himself up to six six three oh five, wow. played really well at the senior bowl. I mean, this guy didn't he, he didn't even get a scholarship out of college and now the guy is a second round possible I, pick. I bet that D end who got that one pressure felt really good about himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, just just a crazy story. So I wanted to throw that out there. On PFF is funny. It's granted uh, his, some of his gains came against schools with the names like Saint Olaf College, which is just a horrible D three school. But uh, oh, <laughs> I just it was really funny reading it. There's not a lot of descriptions on him because the film is limited. But uh, I, I, it's really cool to see a guy like that uh, from D three all the that that high. You don't you don't see that almost never. Well, he's got that prototypical build. Oh it, yeah yeah. Um, so. UJ played with a, a guy who went in the Super Bowl, you know. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Pete, Pete, Pete Mitchell. Pete Mitchell, yeah. Out of Wabash. Played 16 years in the NFL, man. What position? Yeah, Division three school, Wabash. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. in the third round. What position? Tight end. Tight end. That's right. I, I knew the answer. I just wanted you to say it. But, and uh, he was briefly on the Lions. So He was. He's. He and, and, hey, Bob, I was watching some old film, and uh, Barry Sand- I was watching some old Barry Sanders film, and uh, – when he went over two thousand yards, and uh, uh-huh. it was like a six-yard carry, and it, and they were all congratulating him. And there's Pete. I forgot he was on that team. He was on the field blocking for yeah. Barry when he got his two thousand. That's yards. awesome. So that's pretty. That was kind of cool. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the third round. And uh, Rudd Dog mentioned him already. But uh, as far as wide receiver goes, there's some guys I really like here. But Chase Claypool, if you want to mention him, Rudd Dog. I know you already talked about him a little bit, but I mean, maybe I, why. I, I could definitely see him going in the second round. If he's there in the third, I think he'll be a steal. 6'4", 238 at the, at the combine and ran a, like a 4'4", 4, 4, uh, I just really like this guy's style. He, I always thought he reminded me of like a bigger version of uh, – oh, jeez. Um the dude from the Cardinals who we had for a while. Uh, Anquan Bolden? Thank you. Yeah, he <laughs> has that gritty style of play where he just has a ability to like make tough plays in, in uh, contentious situations. He's big, strong, fast receiver. I mean, he's almost a tight end, really, in size, but I think he's, he's just a gritty player. I mean, with that kind of speed at that size, that's a dangerous weapon. Yeah, physical traits yeah. similar to Devin Funchess, uh, but hopefully better production than Devin Funchess in the NFL. Yeah. So, and uh, um, Z, I was I had talked before about uh, Donovan Peoples Jones from Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think he'll, he'll be there. And uh, who's the guy from uh, California? Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Okay. Yeah, those are yeah. Again, this is such a USC. deep wide receiver class. I didn't have those guys written down to be honest with you. Uh but Yeah, so also uh, Don, Donovan Peoples Jones that if if anybody can ever get his full potential out, he can be easily a number 1 wide receiver in the NFL. It, it it's him just finding the right situation. At least that's, yeah. that's my opinion at least. I don't know if you agree. You've watched more Michigan games than I have. I like him. I like him. You know, he's you know, he hasn't caught everything like he should, but uh, he's definitely got talent. And having Stafford throw to him would be a help, too. And it's really cool. He's a native so, Detroit guy. 
Uh, yeah. It, it'd be Cast really tech. cool to see him back. Yeah, yeah he is. Cast tech, right? Yeah. Um, so that would be really cool. And, you know, I like to bring up my Deshaun Hand comparison. That's my guy for the offensive side of the ball in this draft is Donis Peeble-Jones. Oh, geez. Number 12 overall recruiting college uh, coming out of high school. And he he decided to go with Michigan. He got he had twenty other offers from every major program in the country, and he had good stats in college. Don't get me wrong, but d- never like truly elite stats that I think people were expecting out of him. Maybe that was just the Michigan quarterback merry-go-round there. I don't know, uh, or the Jim Harbaugh offense. Now I'm just kind of ripping on Michigan a little bit offense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I think I know, it's always- not Illinois. It's not Illinois football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a, a four four eight forty forty four and a half inch vertical, which oh, is nice. like right. I think it was the highest in the. Yeah, that was the highest of the combine. Yeah, so I mean, just ridiculous athletic ability. That's higher than Calvin Johnson. Only, uh, only had four drops last year, so I mean, not not, not terrible hands by any means. Uh, Good size too, six two. Yeah, so if if he can fall to the Lions in the third, or uh, later, even the fourth, I mean. It, it's such a deep wide receiver class. It's 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 going to be unpredictable who picks who where. Uh, but as as other third round wide receivers go, I have Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Guy was super productive. Um, only dropped. Uh, hold on, let me. I'm going to pull up his stats here because it was a really impressive stat I wanted to mention. Um, he only dropped three passes last year. Uh, and he is a screen guy. So 42 of his 105 catches last year came on screens. And I feel like the Lions have Marvin Jones. They have uh, Galladay as deep threats. Amendola is kind of that third down, like uh, three to seven yards guy. If the Lions want to add another wide receiver that has a different dimension, this DeVernay guy could be that in, in the middle of the rounds. Nice. Kind of kind of that quick look, uh, quick check for Stafford. Stafford lo- at least uh, less so in last year's offense, but under Jim Bob Cooter, at least Stafford liked to check to screens a lot, <laughs> maybe a little too much. But uh... JBC got rest his soul. <laughs> um, but outside of wide receivers, uh, did did you guys have any other targets possible? Yeah, I, would, I, I think round three okay. would be a good time to get a running back, and I think Cam Akers would be a good person to look at in round three yeah cam i love the i um, love cam makers but he has some vision questions but he was an absolute stud i thought um for florida state and they had a really questionable line situation all season um so i think he would be a really good explosive compliment to carry on johnson uh who again i don't suspect will stay healthy next season either yeah for sure 5 10 217 1100 yards last year uh, average five yards a carry at florida state and that offense was uh shit show to say the least yeah <laughs> if anybody yeah. T- took the time to watch florida state last year uh but i, I really like cam makers i'm a big fan of that one Connor. i like it um i i also had zach moss out of utah as well as another name uh, as a possible third round target yeah, for so, the running back position yeah. I honestly think uh, third round is where we'll really start to see if they're going to look at O-linemen. I honestly don't think we're going to do much with – I think it's going to be more defensive or like a, maybe a, a high-ranked run, running back in the first two rounds. We've had good luck with the third-round guards in the past, and uh, a guy I like is Solomon Kindley out of Georgia. 
337, was a powerful run blocker, decent in protection, might have to lose a little bit of weight, but uh, just a big, beefy guard to plow the way on that right side of the line where we need help. I mean, oh, Warford. Warford, Glasgow, those guys were both third-rounders for us, and they panned out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think yeah. that's my favorite round to dress guard, personally, based on history. Yeah. yeah, there should be a few guys there. You know, there's like I've seen in mocks that that round a lot of guards going. So should be some choices. Um, an, another big run grader type guy I wanted to mention, a huge run grade uh, out of LSU, Damian Lewis, six two three twenty seven. This this is my favorite description. I thought it was uh, Mutai earlier. You know, UJ uh, likes this pick. <laughs> um, I just love this yeah, description that they have. Wants to take your soul in the run game. Six big time blocks in 2019. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta like that. <laughs> um, and an ideal guard built for a gap scheme. Uh, so a lot of double teams. I think the Lions like to do that a lot in the run game. So I could totally see them targeting this type of guy in the third round. Uh, from the yeah, guard, yeah. he played all his uh, played 963 snaps last year at right guard. So all his snaps were last year at right guard. I think that's part of why we let Glasgow go because he doesn't quite fit that road gator, greater guard style. He's kind of a long, leaner guard. This kind of guy, I could definitely see being what they're aiming for. Yeah. So and out of LSU, if so, I, and I wanted to, I might mention team. this again on our mock draft podcast, but. I was listening to a podcast today uh, with uh, Dave Gettleman, I think it was on it. Or no, the former Jets GM. I can't Mike Tannenbaum. Mike Tannenbaum, former Jets GM. He said, expect a lot of smaller schools to kind of be underrepresented in the draft this year. So, like, last year, the Lions got Travis Fulgham in the sixth round. Like a guy they probably wouldn't typically look at unless they have all the time to look at these guys and go to their pro days and things of that nature. Tavai in the second. Yeah, exactly. But the lack of pro days and information for the smaller schools in this cycle because of the coronavirus, mm. uh, he said expect a lot more bigger schools and like even backups on bigger schools to get more of a look and drafted way higher than they normally would, which is kind of an un- yeah. unfortunate thing because you like those surprises. But uh, we'll anyway, be interesting. these guys are still doing their diligence, I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it go it plays out like it normally does. Anyways, the last I name see, I had was... Did you guys see that? The tweet from Ian Rappaport where he was saying that he talked to some scouts and they were saying that most of these draft boards are way off this year. Like as far as some guys are going to be like way higher and some lower. I did, yeah. (laughs) Maybe, which just kind of makes it fun. Maybe it's us, the fan, who is going to be way is going to be thinking this way. But (laughs) I heard that our podcast though is probably closest in terms of accuracy on the draft. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. Right along with our uh, sure. our game by game predictions, we were season. so good at our game by game predictions <laughs> last year. That, yeah, they're just going to give it to us. I mean, we have the same exact record as the Lions, flawless. <laughs> All right, so let's try to round out this podcast by looking uh, at the fourth round uh, through seventh, kind of the the last the second half of the draft. But really, the fourth round targets. There's a lot of interesting names here. Um, the 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 two I really wanted to mention were Lynn Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky. I don't know if you guys remember watching that bowl game that he had. Uh, no, where he, he he played quarterback for Kentucky. They literally ran him thirty-one straight plays. They didn't run any oh. other play except they just ran the quarterback. I remember now. Um, 
Unbelievable. And they came back down, like, I think 17 points in the fourth quarter or something like that. Either way, this guy was a one-man show for Kentucky. Um, he's not going to play quarterback in the NFL. He's a, just a god-awful arm, but he is a really athletic guy. Um, he can maybe be, like, that that weird gadget in an offense. Uh, just, it would be a really interesting fourth-round flyer. And then the other name I had was Bryson Hopkins, a tight end out of Purdue. Really high ceiling. Had really good games towards the end of the season last year. Um, I, that's another name I could see the Lions possibly targeting as that third tight end without Logan Thomas. And the Lions love their tight ends. Uh, so I could see them targeting him as well. 830. And his comparison was uh, – oh, no, never mind. Actually, it wasn't. So, yep, go, UJ. You go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I, it was, I but it wasn't. A position of great need right now. Uh, Braden Mann, punter out of Texas A&M. Ooh. Uh, I, I see him in the fifth, possibly. I don't know if he'll last to the sixth, because this guy's the top-rated punter, and he kicks off, too. So, uh, we may have to snatch him up by the fifth. I don't know. But uh, I like this guy. Really good. Did we uh, Did we mention Shane Lemieux out of Oregon? We might have. I don't know. Nope, we did not. Why don't you tell us about him? Uh People have him kind of all over the place on draft boards, but uh, he's played 52 consecutive games, over 3,000 snaps, second-team All-American last year. Uh, 6'4", 310 pounds. Uh, people, like, the biggest thing I see about him is that he's just an absolute workhorse, and I think he'd be pretty good protection for Stafford on that O-line. Um, I know the other name is Bredesen that people mentioned there, but... I uh, know Shane Lemieux in that kind of conversation, probably around four, five-ish, if he's there. Something to look at. Yeah. Yeah, for and then sure. Another guy uh, running back would be available, uh, A.J. Dillon from Boston College. Yeah. I have him. Yeah, he's, he's a good one. He's, I, yeah, he's really good, and he, he might be a good bargain to get late. He is an absolute beast. His measurables, at least as far as a running back goes, kind of uh, – um, who's our backup running back right now? Why am I drawing a blank? Bo Scarborough. Yeah, thank you, Bo Scarborough. So six foot, two forty seven. Uh, probably around two fifty. Now they said, <laughs> just an absolute yeah. tank. He's just gonna run through people. Uh, my favorite <laughs> stat of his. Uh, I, oh, where is it? Where is it? it he averaged like five point four yards a carry, and three point seven of that. 5.4 was after contact. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> the guy just gets leverage underneath people. Uh, doesn't, <laughs> but uh, you know he's not going to outrun anybody by any means. Ran a four five forty. So that's real solid for that size. It, yeah, that's the same yeah. kind of speed the carry on ran. But he he's, he's running through people. He's not running around people, at least on the tape. Uh, so, if they're looking for a yeah. goal line type guy, that might that might be the one that they would get late in the draft. So I don't know what they're looking for exactly. Uh, is there any other names that we wanted to throw out there? Otherwise, Terry, I, uh, otherwise I, I had two what? more tight ends to throw out there. Thaddeus Moss out of LSU. Randy Moss's son. Really good oh, hands. Yeah, good. Uh, led the country in, in, in lack of drops, I guess, uh, from the tight end position last year. And also had the most targets for tight end. So really good hands. Uh does that mean he had the most catches for a tight end? Yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> in a roundabout way. That's funny. And then uh, a guy named Colby Parkinson out of Stanford, six foot seven tight end. Uh, Joseph Fourier was the comparison that I saw out there. So that would be like a seventh round flyer just for a tight end, a really tall tight end as a possible red zone target. 
Make sure he doesn't own a little dog. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Rufio, it wasn't his fault. Did anyone mention KJ Hill already? Uh, the wide receiver? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mentioned him really quickly as we moved out to the third round. But Oh, because I've, I've seen him projected a little later, fourth to seventh round. So, I don't know. Good playmaker from Ohio State. Could For sure. A nice late round grab. All right, so I think that will wrap it up for us uh, as far as our offensive preview goes, uh, round by round here. A lot of a lot of possibilities for Lions, uh, but we'll, we'll see. We expect them to focus more on the defensive side of the ball because God only knows they need help on that side. That's why we went with that one first the other day and a little longer podcast. Um, but we will see what happens on our next. And final uh, preview of the NFL draft. We will be doing a mock draft, so stay tuned on that. It'll be coming out Wednesday, so look for that. We'll get it out there for you. But we really appreciate everybody for listening. Um, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review on there. That'd be really great um, as we try to build this out. Um, follow us on Instagram, Drinking to Blue Kool Aid. Follow us on Twitter at Drinking Lions. We want to thank everybody for listening. As we get ready for the NFL Draft 2020 uh, work at home edition is what I've seen a lot of people throw out there. Um, but we will see you on Wednesday for our final mock draft, which will be 100% correct. You know it will. So last but not least, as always, go, go. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.